Welcome back. This is episode two, Pru Ball. This is Brian Pruitt here, and I'm coming back to you for the second time. Uh, first and foremost, I want to thank everyone for listening to episode one. Uh, I got great comments, great feedback, um, it, and I'd be, be thrilled if you did like it to please retweet it. Uh, if this is the first time you're hearing a podcast, uh, please go back and listen to episode one. Uh, it's a great success. Uh, got a lot of things, a lot of information out there to the listeners, to you guys, and I, I just really appreciate the the listens. Um, so if you can uh, retweet it for me, uh, we will be setting up a website here in the very very near future, um, and we'll be able to get content out to you. We'll be able to take your email so that you can get updates on when new episodes are posted with direct links to uh, to the podcast so you can listen to it. Um, and again, I just want to say thank you for listening. Uh, I greatly appreciate it. And uh, I, I hope you're able to get um, some productive information out of this. Um, a, a quick recap on, on what we spoke about episode one. It was a general topic, just talking a lot about practice and how to structure practice uh, and more spe- most specifically, how to structure batting practice and, and hitting. Um, it, it was directed more towards uh, the individual, although I think coaches can get a lot out of it. Uh, it really was centered around the thought that there is no one-size-fits-all swing. And that was the big takeaway from episode one. All right, so if I'm talking to the coaches right now, then uh, please, if, if you have a power hitter and you have a singles hitter, do not have them go through the same type of cage work and drill work because there are two types, two diff, completely different types of hitters. And really, a singles hitter to another singles hitter, they're going to be good at different skills. They're going to have different talents. And so amplify those talents. All right. Do what you do the best, the most. Amplify your talents and amplify your skills. And that's the big message I want to get across to uh, the listeners out there as far as creating a plan to practice by. All right. Now, to go along with last week's episode, there is one thing I want to harp on a little bit more, and that's the idea of progression within your practice. And I, I, I do want to get up and offer um, an ebook on my website that you guys can download real quick about how to progress through practice, create a few pr- practice plans that they, that. Is, that'll be easy to change and um, create uh, a little more individuality to them uh, for the individual player, right? And when that practice plan really comes into handy, because you're trying to build up to be able to create a large number of swings, especially during the off season, uh, summer or fall, because you you want to be have your swing geared up for spring. So you're working on a four-week, a eight-week, a 12-week, a 16-week plan where you can progress through drill work and still be productive in your batting practice um, by the end of your practice routine. Uh, and so what I mean by that is if you're taking 50 swings off of a tee and then you progress to a soft toss, take another 50 swings, and then you progress to front toss and you're taking another 100 or another, sorry, another 50 swings for a total of 150 swings by the time you even get to batting practice. If you've never done that before, 
it's hard to hold yourself accountable for being productive by the time you get to that batting practice session because you're going to be dog tired. That's why it's important to build up and progress and create this plan. All right, remember what you're trying to accomplish in practice in cage work and batting practice is muscle memory. And you create that by a lot of repetition, taking a lot of reps, right? You want to be able to transition what you do and into a game situation. And, and that's done by creating that muscle memory. So it's important to work off of a progression. Start off small, stick to your plan, and build up to where the season starts, you're feeling good, you're creating muscle memory, and that progression is where it needs to be, and you're hitting all your goals, hitting all your markers, all your checkpoints in your practice plan. I really want to talk a little bit more mechanics. Uh, still going to keep it a little bit general, but uh, I want to narrow it down to three specific entities in a swing that I see good hitters possess at many different levels, at the high school level, at the college level, and professional level, both as a coach and a scout. Um, I, I, I see these three main areas are present in good hitter swings. Having a quality foundation is huge. Huge, all right? Bat path is essential to be having, being successful at the next level. And bat speed is absolutely helpful, okay? Now, do hitters need to be great at all three in order to be successful? No. Prevalent those three aspects of hitting and mechanics are in your swing, the more room for error you're allowing yourself to have. Now, what I'm saying is that what I've noticed from my time coaching, my time playing, and my time scouting is that these three areas are what separates the very good hitters and I, I, I try to stay away from the term great hitters because it can be such an arg arguable term, but the good hitters from the guys that seem to struggle or the guys that have a longer learning curve than others, all right? Um, does that mean that there's not other issues out there with swings? Nope, that's not what I'm saying. All I'm saying is that what this is what I see as the three biggest areas that are easiest to identify and from a general area can be worked on um, quite easily in the cage through just pure determination and, and purely hard work. All right. Again, it's a sequence. Your swing is a sequence of events that happens from the ground up. All right. It starts with the base. It starts with a lower half. All right. Does that mean that you have to sit down and rotate because everybody needs to hit that way? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. There's a lot of guys out there, a lot of girls out there, softball, if you're listening, that cannot hit like that. They cannot hit like that because there maybe there's not enough rhythm. There's not enough movement involved. Some, some people can hit better with a little bit more movement than others. All right. But you can't hit with one foot still in the air. That front foot has got to be down there on time. You got to have a base. You got to have both feet on the ground. And you got to be ready to go by the time you get to that point of separation. All right? Separation 
And, and for this episode, we'll leave it as this, all right? Uh, but separation, I can talk about, and it will probably be an episode in itself. But separation for this purpose is the point in which the hands are ready to fire towards the baseball, all right? You've already loaded, and you're ready to pull the trigger. That's the point of separation. Now, we'll talk about more about separation later. But it, it is essential, so I want to just, for this episode, it's just the point at which you're ready to fire, ready to throw the hands, and ready to find that slot going towards the baseball, all right? But first, got to have something to hit off of, all right? So if I'm practicing and I know that I have uh, some balance issues, uh, I, I got I to gotta look at the base. I got to look at my base and I got to start working on it. I'm going to gear my practice schedule, my practice plan towards a developing a quality base. All right. You got to have something to hit off of. Some guys drift a little more than others. Um, I, I, I'm a big believer that the that you do not need to be in one spot. Your head can move a little bit. Um, but it does need to, you do need to remain balanced throughout your swing. Um, some guys can go move their head just a little bit further, and I'm only talking a couple inches, and still be able to keep their hands back long enough and keep the balance with their lower half and have success. Um, other guys can't, and for the guys that can't, those are the guys that might need to be a little more rotational, and, and they need to start gearing their swing towards that. But the guys who have success at the higher levels and limit their learning curves when they progress to higher levels are the guys that are able to, to hit with their base. They utilize their legs and their feet to where they have something to hit off of. Um, the, ne the next thing that you got to have is you got to have a bat path. You got to have bat paths. All right. You can have the, the best base, um, uh, uh, best base on the team or best base in the lineup. But if you don't have a bat path and you're not sending your hands in the right direction uh, towards the inside of the baseball, not at the baseball, but towards the inside of the baseball, then your success is going to be very limited. And, and one of the things that it just drives me nuts is when I hear coaches tell players to throw their hands at the baseball. All right. Coaches, if you're listening, stop telling your players to throw their hands at the baseball. You know why this is a bad idea? Because players do not hit the baseball with their hands. This is not handball, all right? So you're giving them a very visual image of them throwing their hands at a baseball. They're going to try to throw their hands at the baseball. But what is the barrel going to do when they're throwing their hands at the baseball? They're going to cast their barrel, and the barrel is going to become long. So if they do that repeatedly, they're creating poor muscle memory, and that's on you guys. All right, there's a slot. They got to find that slot, and it's a feel thing. And as a coach, you need to be able to see and train your eyes to see if they are getting into that slot. They're finding that slot to where they can get inside the baseball. All right, that's why when you're doing front toss, when you're doing soft toss, move your move the ball around a little bit. Work it outside. Work middle. Work in. Do not keep throwing the baseball in the same spot because you're only training one slot that they need to that they'll be needing to hit in. You need to train all slots away, middle, and in. Bat path is huge. Bat path is huge. Without bat path, bat speed is pointless. 
all right? You can have great bat speed, but if you do not have bat path, your bat speed is pointless. Yeah, you might get a hold of one or two, but your on-base percentage is going to be so low, and your slugging percentage will eventually be so low, so low that when statistics start mattering, you're going to find yourself not playing and out of a job. Bat path is essential because without it, bat speed does not matter. It doesn't matter how quick of a bat you have if your hands are going in the wrong direction. If your hands go up when it's going, when the barrel's going through the zone, you are going to swing and miss a lot. And when you do make contact, the ball's going to go one of two ways. You're going to pound it in the ground to the pull side, or you're going to flare it to the opposite field side. Either way, not very good. Your batting average on balls in play will be very low. And again, like I said, by the time coaches get smart enough to actually look at your stats and realize that you're not as productive as a hitter as you probably should be. Now, can you train bat path? Absolutely. You absolutely can train bat path. And, and it's just a matter of doing the right drill work. All right, break down your swing, and when you're working in the cages, break it down. Get go all the way down to bottom hand and top hand drills, and start working away middle and in with the ball on tee, soft toss, front toss, all those things to create the muscle memory with one hand, and then start bringing it into two hands. Try eliminating the lower half altogether when you're doing drill work, and then transition your lower half back in with just doing bottom hand, top hand, and two hands. And so that your swing, you can feel every part of your swing that matters, okay? Work, when you're working bottom hand and top hand, you need to use your barrel. Use the barrel of the bat. And by the time, if you're working bottom hand, top hand, by the time you get done hitting that day, your forearm should feel like you just did forearm curls all day. They should be swollen. They should be tired. And the next day, they should be sore. If they're not, then you're not using the right type of muscles, all right? They're not using the right type of muscles. Bottom hand, top hand drills are great as long as you're using them in the right way. By the time you get done using doing those drills, and you're, if you have your front shoulder, whether if it's your left shoulder, if you're righty, if you're hitting lefty, and it's your right shoulder, if that front shoulder is sore or tired, then you did it all wrong. And you did it all wrong. You, when you're working one hand drills, you want to be quick to the ball, and you should feel it in your forearms. That creates great bat path. And without even knowing it, it also creates great bat speed because bat speed is generated from being quick, not being strong. Now, I'm not saying being strong is a bad thing. Being strong is a great thing. It's nothing, it's, it's, it's a bonus, but it, it is a bonus. It's the cherry on top. It's not nearly as important as being quick to the baseball and being uh, deliberate and short to the baseball, all right? Now, like, like I alluded to earlier, bat speed is nothing if you do not have bat path, and bat path is very hard to come by if you do not have a base to hit off of. Now, does that mean that you that you can't have a solid base if you're a front foot hitter? Absolutely not. Is it harder to ha have a solid base if you're a front foot hitter? Yes, it is. It's harder because you have to keep balance and your head's moving more. When your head moves, that also means your eyes move. And you need to be able to see the baseball in order to hit it. 
every big league hitter, when they're going right, they're seeing the baseball. It's slow-mo, their head's right on the ball, their eyes are on the ball, and they're seeing it not only with their left eye, but they're seeing it with their right eye also. All right, they, they are zeroed in on it. It's, it's easier to do that when there's less head movement. Does that mean you can't do it if, you're, if your head moves a little bit? Absolutely not. Some guys do it better with their head a little bit, head moving a little more. But it is a little bit harder to create that bat path because, that, because of that drift factor. All right? So it is a sequence of events. It starts from the, from the ground up, and it, it all is built on each other. And, and going back to episode one where I talked about the practice plan, this is where the practice plan really comes into play. This is where it's so important to utilize your time in the right way to continue to progress and build on what you did prior. All right, guys, that, that concludes this episode. Um, please, if you, if you like this, go ahead and retweet it. Um, get it out there. Comment. Uh, stay tuned. I, I will be uploading a website soon. Um, again, I appreciate every listen. Um, if you like, uh, forward it along to friends, forward it along to coaches, forward it along to teammates. Uh, whoever you think will benefit from it. Um, and again, it's Prove Ball Episode 2. Over.